in Colossians to this point, Paul has been making sure that his hearers know that Jesus needs to be at the center of everything, that our life is to center around Jesus. And if there's anything that is attempting to draw us from Jesus, our focus from Jesus, anything of the world, then we need to refocus. And that's what uh, Paul had been talking about to this point in Colossians chapter 3. And he talked about that our life was in Christ, is what we saw last week. And so our life is not the things of this world that we have. It's not the things that we do, the job that we have, the materialistic things that we have. Our, those are not our life. Our life should be in Jesus Christ. And that's what we talked about last week. And so with that in mind, we will continue on in verse 5. But let's pray, and then we'll get started. God, we come to you, and we thank you for a good night, and we thank you for a good day, even though it was kind of hot. We thank you for some good air conditioning, and I pray that you be with us as we read your word tonight, that we would get something from it, that we would seek you, and that you would help me as I preach and teach. Just hide me behind the cross, and I pray that you'd be glorified, and just let your Holy Spirit uh, be attentive to you tonight, dear Lord, and I pray that you keep us free of distractions, uh, but just let us listen to your word, and I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, verse 5. Therefore, now we've talked about this on multiple occasions, but what are we talking about? It's therefore something. What is the word therefore? Therefore. Well, it is therefore uh, we are to do what follows because Jesus Christ is at the center. So if Jesus is our Lord and Savior, if he's at the center of our life, therefore, Paul says, put to death what belongs to your worldly nature. Now, when he talks about the worldly nature, he's talking about things of the world. We see that distinction in Scripture between what is of the world and what is of God, what is worldly and what is godly. Now, typically when we talk about worldly things, we're talking about sinful things. And Paul says, therefore, if you are in Jesus Christ, you need to do away with all the sinful things. You need to put them to death. Now, when something is put to death, uh, and particularly when we think about people, when people die, we bury them in the ground because when things die, they begin to decay and the old stuff is rotten, it's nasty, it's dirty. But something new has come in the life of, of the Christian. And so Paul says the things that are old and rotten and dirty that are decaying no longer live with those things, but you need to bury those things. Those things are dead. You need to put those things to death because you are not living for the world anymore but once you follow jesus christ you are living for christ so what are the things he tells us to uh put behind us to put to death well one is sexual immorality impurity lust evil desire uh now if you have a king james translation it might have a word there uh concupiscence it may say that there which is a word that we are not typically familiar with but that means that a very strong evil desire. Now, a lot of your translations are going to say evil desire. Uh, it could uh, be something sexual, uh, but, but, but whatever that evil desire is, he is pointing out that there is a lot of evil that is in our lives, and that is what needs to be put to death. And greed, which is idolatry. So if we are covetous or we are greedy, then, then that can become an idol in our life because we seek what we are greedy for. What are we greedy for? Well, we may be greedy for money. We may be greedy for attention. We may be greedy for power. We may covet what somebody else has. And if we do that, that can become an idol in our life. And so 
Paul says, look, here's a list of some things that you need to look out for. He's writing this book to Christians who he wants to remain uh, faithful to Jesus Christ, and he wants Jesus to remain at the center of their life. And so he says, look, remember that you're a new creation. If you're in Christ, therefore, put all these old things away. Put them to death. Do away with these things that I've just mentioned. And this isn't a complete list of sin, but he hits some of the, some of the ones that perhaps were a problem for them and no doubt are problems for us as well, as well as many other things that we struggle with. Uh, he says in verse 6, Because of these, that is all those evil things that he just mentions, mentioned God's wrath comes on the disobedient. Now, Paul does not want his hearers to be in that group of the disobedient. We don't want to be in that group of the disobedient, the ones who do those sinful things and do not repent, do not seek God, do not live for God. So Paul says, look, I don't want you to be in that group because one day God's wrath is going to come on the disobedient. We talked about this, uh, or maybe we didn't. I don't remember if we talked about this here Sunday morning at the apartments yesterday. But people love to hear the grace of God. They love to hear of God's grace and God's love and praise the Lord. Uh, we are saved by that grace when we put our faith in Him. And we are loved by God. We know that we are loved by God through Jesus Christ. People love to hear the message of grace, but they don't like to hear the message that came right before this that Paul talked about. Here are some sins you don't need to do. Uh, well, people in the world, they like living in sin. They like living in those evil ways, and they don't like to hear that truth. But the truth is is that we are all sinners, and if we live in our sin and do not repent and follow Jesus Christ, we will experience God's wrath. And maybe as much as we don't like to hear that, we need to hear that. If we hear that, it may keep us from uh, falling in these ways. And that's what Paul says to these Christians here. Don't do these things because God's wrath will follow these things, so don't be in the group that's guilty. In verse 7, and you once walked in these things when you were living in them. So again, Paul is talking to Christians. He's saying, look, you once lived this way. You were these things. The same language that he uses in 1 Corinthians. This is what you used to be, but now you are something different. Now when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we still are going to be tempted from time to time with things that we have struggled with. Those temptations are always going to come. The devil is never going to rest. He is always going to tempt us with those things. And so we need to be reminded by the Word of God, you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. You used to be these things, but these things are not what defines you anymore. Uh, when you were living in these things, you were destined for God's wrath. But when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we receive forgiveness and the grace of God. And so he says, look, you once were these things. These things were part of your life, but no longer. You walked in these things when you were living in them. But if we're in Christ, we should no longer be living in them. But now you must also put away all the following. So he lists a few sinful things in the first list that we saw. And now he's going to tell them a few more things. Oh, and by the way, watch out for these things too. Don't just put away these things at the top. We may do that. We may see a few sins and say, well, I'm not guilty of sexual immorality or lust or greed or any of those things, so I'm okay. Well, not so fast. There are plenty more sins, and he gives a list. You must also avoid these things, he says. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, 
and filthy language from your mouth. Now again, this is not an exhaustive list. There's plenty of sins in the, in the scripture that, that may not be spelled out here individually, but this is a pretty good list. This list encapsulates most of the things that we will struggle with, and Paul says, be careful in these areas. Don't let these things trip you up. Put these things away. Do away with these things. Get them out of your life. Why? Because the audience he is writing to is a Christian audience. And so if we are a Christian, if we are in Jesus Christ, then we need to continue to put these things, these sinful things away and ask God to forgive us of them and help us to overcome them. Verse 9, he continues on. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices. Now, he keeps using this language, put off, put off, do away with this old stuff. You used to be this way, but you now need to put these things off. You need to take these things off. If you're putting off the old self, is that all he calls us to do? Well, no. We are to put off our old self, but it's not enough that we just simply stop sinning. Not that that's possible. But even if we attempt to and do our best to stop sinning, well, we have to do more than that. It's not enough just to try to stop, but we need our previous sin and our future sin to be covered. And so he says, look, put off the old self because that was your old life. And then in verse 10 he says, and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. Now, when he talks about putting on new self there, uh, the word in, in the original language uh, would be the same word that, that you would use if you were telling someone to put on their jacket or to put on their clothes. It's, it's put like putting on a garment. In the same way that we get dressed, uh, if we were out working and get hot and dirty and nasty, well, do we stay in those hot and dirty and nasty clothes? No, we don't. As soon as we can, we go and we take those things off, we get a shower, we get clean, we're fresh, we're new, and do we put the old clothes back on? Absolutely not. We put on fresh new clothes. Well, that's kind of what Paul is telling the listeners here in Colossae. He's saying, look, put off the old self. Take off the old dirty self. That was the old you. But when you took those things off, Jesus Christ has washed you. He has made you clean. He has forgiven you. Therefore, put on the new self. Put on the new self. Who is the new self? The new self is Jesus Christ. It's like putting on a fresh, new, clean shirt after being dirty. You are clean, you are fresh, you are new, and you are in Jesus Christ. So you used to be living in the image of the world, following the ways of the world, and your life mimicked the world, but not anymore. When we put on Jesus Christ, he says we are being renewed according to the image of our Creator. So now that we have been renewed, our life should resemble that of Jesus Christ. Now, we are all created in the image of God, but boy, when we start to sin and live in sin, that gets messed up. Our life is a mess. But Paul says, put off that old self. You're no longer living for the world. You're no longer mimicking the world. You're no longer following the example of the world, but you're putting on something new, something fresh that is Jesus Christ. Therefore, you need to live in his image according to how he lived and what he did. And that's the example that we follow is Jesus Christ. Now listen to this next part here. This is a good verse. Verse 11. In Christ, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. 
Now, that's a good verse right there. Now, what Paul says here is, look, there is, there is a commonality between those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. The commonality is that they have put their faith in Jesus Christ. There's nothing else that matters. And he goes through this list and he says, look, these things don't matter. It doesn't matter where you are from, if you're a Greek or you're a Jew. It doesn't matter if you've been circumcised or not. He lists barbarian and Scythian. These would have been uh, lower class Scythians, people that would have been looked down upon, the uneducated, the, uh, the just not well-to-do people in the area. He says it doesn't matter who you are, if you're a slave or a free, there are no distinctions for those who are in Christ. There is one thing that, that keeps all in Christ together, and that is Jesus Christ and Christ alone. And so our identity is not in where we're from, who we are. It doesn't matter how smart we are, how dumb we are, how short we are, how tall we are, how rich we are, how poor we are. It does not matter because there is one commonality for the Christian, and that is they have all put their faith in Jesus Christ. And so our identity is not in anything else other than Jesus Christ. But that's not really a popular message in our world today because here's the language that we hear a lot in the last few years of people saying, I identify as. I identify as a man or a woman. Uh, I was assigned this at birth, but I'm not this. I was told that I was this, but I am really that. And so we see all of these crazy different letters and acronyms out there. It used to just be LG and LGB and LGBT, and now it's LGBTQQIP2SAA and a bunch of other letters. That's just a few of them. And you start reading and you start seeing these things, and people are saying, I identify as this, I identify as that. But look, our identity is not in any of those things. Our identity is not in our sex. It's not in our gender. It's not in what we want to be. It's not in ever whether we want to be an animal or whatever crazy things people want to be. That is not our identity. And that's the problem. Our world today, people are looking for an identity. And they're trying to find it in any and everything they can, but they are never satisfied and they are never fulfilled because... The only place that we can find true identity is in Jesus Christ. Amen. And Paul says, look, if you are in Christ, you have found your identity. There is no more distinction. There is no more differentiation between you. If you are in Christ, you are in Christ. And that's it. And so that's our identity. If we are Christians, our identity is in Jesus Christ, not in the things of this world. Now, there are a lot of things that we may be. I mean, I am a, uh, I am a Baptist. I am a, a preacher. I am an American. I am a husband. I am all these things, but these things are not who I am. They are not my identity. They are things that I do. They are things that, that describe me, but my identity is not any of those things. My identity is in Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. And this is, a, this is a great verse that, man, our world needs to hear that. Our world is looking for and searching for some type of fulfillment and satisfaction and joy and peace and comfort. And they're not going to find it. They can, they can try to be anything they want to be, and they can claim to be anything they want to be, but they're not going to find any real joy until they find Jesus Christ. So let us put off the things of this world. Let us not try to identify by the things of this world, but let us put on Jesus Christ and identify with what he did. 
He gave his life on the cross so that we could be crucified. And our identity is in Christ and Christ alone. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for these good words. And God, I pray that we remember who our identity is in. God, that we would try our best to live for you and and know that, God, we are created in your image and you want us to live in your image and to follow the example of Jesus Christ. And I pray that we'd be faithful to do that. And I thank you for these words tonight. And God, maybe there are some things in our life, some things that were part of our old self, but maybe they're just kind of lingering on. Some of these maybe in this list that Paul talked about. Help us to be able to overcome these things when the temptations come. And God, when we fail, I pray that you would just convict us and help us to be able to repent and and, and do better, dear Lord, to grow in you in the future. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.